It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to the DGS Health and Fitness Podcast. My name is David Simpson from DGS Health and Fitness and my aim is to help as many people as possible to reach their goals and achieve their desired result. So if you struggle with motivation, lack confidence and self-belief and want to get fit, stay fit, improve your all-round well-being and have more energy to run around with your kids, then contact me now and let's see how we can work together as a team to banish those blues and land a knockout punch to all those doubting voices and jump each hurdle together. You can contact me on Facebook at DGS Health and Fitness, Twitter at DGS underscore health fit, Instagram at DGS underscore health underscore and, that's the word and, underscore fitness. You can also find us on YouTube by searching for DGS Health and Fitness, where all the video versions of these podcast episodes will be, along with some helpful exercise videos for you to watch, join in with at home and enjoy. So please like, share, subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the podcast and thanks for listening and hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello guys and welcome along to today's episode of the podcast. Today's episode we caught up with former goalkeeper Chris Turner who made over 589 appearances in League and Cup in a 19 year career as a professional footballer. Some of Chris's clubs included Sheffield Wednesday, Lincoln City, Sunderland, Manchester United, Leeds United and Leighton Orient. Chris also moved into management and had a successful managing career, managing in over 469 games in total. So welcome along today's, to today's guest, Chris Turner. I just want to say thanks for joining me again today. And uh, so we'll get started on with this. So the first question. What would you say your earliest memories are from growing up as a kid in Sheffield and what were your hobbies and interests? Well, I mean, I, I grew up in Sheffield. Um, was a Sheffield Wednesday fan through birth, really, through my mum and dad who went to watch Sheffield Wednesday play every week, sometimes all went away. <clears throat> went to watch my first game at about three or four years of age. Um, and, and, you know, grew to know the Sheffield Wednesday team that, Played in the '66 Cup final against Everton, um, so so you know my heroes then were Ron Springer, Peter Eustace, David Ford, um, John Ritchie, who came a bit later. Um, but um, you know, so following Sheffield Wednesday and and playing with Sheffield boys from under tens to under fifteens, 
because there was no under 16s in those days. And then leaving school and joining Sheffield Wednesday as a as a um, an apprentice footballer. Yeah. So when you've grown up, grown up, then would you always say you had ambitions to be a footballer, or was there some other, something else you wanted to do? Uh, well, uh, no, not really. I, th- I think I think you you you, you as you're getting older, you you, you you like the opportunity, or as as each year goes by and you further yourself into playing football, um, that that there's a possibility, but when I, when I got about 14, well, 13, 14, I had a decision to make because Manchester United wanted me to to um, to go there uh, and sign schoolboy forms, as it was called in those days, um, to sign for Manchester United uh, or do a sign for Sheffield Wednesday at a vital time because the, the next step after that was to leave school and join them as apprentice and uh, basically, that's what I wanted to do. So I declined an offer from Manchester United at 13, 14 years of age and signed for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and then obviously I signed for Manchester United in 1985. So ironic, really. Yeah. So when you were growing up, then, can you remember who your first youth, your, your first youth coach was? Yeah, it was a chap called Ron Staniford, <clears throat> who, who, who was a uh, youth team coach at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Ron, Ron was one of these guys who wanted everything perfect the way he looked when he went out on the pitch no shirts hanging out your shorts socks pulled up, shin pads, no tape on the outside I mean those sort of coaches today would die when they see what players are looking like now in today's modern football with tattoos all over their bodies and shirts hanging out and uh, small shin pads etc and he taught me a lot of uh, you know early school um, tricks of the trade and 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 um, how how to look as a professional footballer and look professional. Yes, yeah, so obviously you mentioned there you were a Sheffield Wednesday fan growing up. Would you say was there any other team you watched? Say like successful teams when you grown up, who you would have liked to have played for? Um, well, no, not really. I mean, I was very fortunate to um, to play for my hometown club. Um, you know, not many people could say that they've played and managed their hometown club, the team that they supported. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Um, you know, in, in in those days, I was only talking to somebody the other day. In those days, you knew every player of every other club, especially in in the top two divisions. You could name the squad. Yeah. Uh, you know, today's modern day young supporter growing up probably didn't know half as he half the squad of the players that their, their club has, uh, has signed up for them. Um, you know, there's one sub in those days, um, not nine subs, I think they have now in Premier League, something like that. Uh, an incredible change in the game, um, an incredible change in the way uh, supporters are brought up today. Yeah, it's totally different, isn't it? So when you were growing up then, who was your idol? Well, my idol was Ron Springer because he was a goalkeeper at the time. Sheffield Wednesday up to 60, about 67, 68. Then his brother, Peter, joined the club and Ron went back to Queen's Park Rangers. Um, but Ron Springett was was my hero as a goalkeeper uh, in those days. Um, the, outfield, the outfield players were a guy called Tommy Craig, who was an uh, ex-Aberdeen Sheffield Wednesday Newcastle player, tremendous midfield player. Um, across the city at the at Sheffield United, the, the likes of Tony Curry and Alan Woodward were great uh, were great players of the time. 
Um, so uh, in that era, um, at that time in the early days, sometimes I did go uh, and watch uh, Sheffield United, uh, especially if they were in the opposition. There were some players that you want to go and watch. Yeah. So can you remember the first game you actually went to to watch as a fan then? Uh, London went down to watch uh, Sheffield Wednesday at Tottenham. In those days, I mean, I stood on 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 the barrier, um, as they called them in those days, um, at Old Trafford, at Anfield, Stoke City, Chelsea, in the away end. Uh, well, sorry, the home end. Yeah. Uh, watching the games with mum and dad, Liverpool, uh, Manchester City. Uh, in those days, you you could uh, you could go and stand on the on the home end as a as an away fan. Um, so, you know, mum and dad took me to Tottenham, White Hart Lane, uh, four years of age, away from home, uh, going on the train to London to watch the team play. Can't even remember the score, probably lost. Um, but, um, you know, it, it was great days. I mean, remember going to the semi-final at um, Villa Park to watch Wednesday beat Chelsea 2-0. Couldn't get a ticket for the final, but uh, I went to the earlier round at Huddersfield Town and Blackburn Rovers away. Good, good days, good days. Yeah, absolutely. It was d- different back then days, wasn't it? So, um, when would you say you you remembered of your Sheffield Wednesday's first interest to sort of to sign you in your first professional contract? Well, fourteen. Uh, 14 yeah. You know, that's when that's when the age of of uh, you know young players today signing up at eight and nine, seven, eight, nine years of age with clubs in those days. Uh, you didn't really sign a contract uh, until about 14, which tied you to the club for two years, which then rolled into the leaving the school and um, and joining them full time as a, an apprentice footballer on eight pound a week. Yeah. So when you signed your first contract, would you be uh, your first pro contract? Would you have been about 16, 17? Was it then? I was uh, 17. 17. Yeah. I signed professionally at 17 and, and made my league debut. The Sheffield Wednesday in about 1977 against Walsall at Hillsborough, nil-nil draw. Uh, Len Asher was was uh, was the manager, and uh, there was about 9,000 crowd there. Yeah, legendary manager as well, wasn't he, Len Ashurst? Yeah, yeah. Len was a great guy, great guy. Yeah, so you briefly mentioned your debut there, and you had around about three years, I think, was it the first time at Sheffield Wednesday yeah. you were named in the... The, the t- club's player of the season as well, weren't you, the first season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, my first season, I played 46 out of, uh, sorry, 45 out of 46 games the first season when Lenny uh, put me into the team. And uh, so I grew up with, uh, with, with, I mean, I was 17, the boys I was playing with were 22s and 28s, Bobby Oakes, Ian Porterfields, uh, of, the, of, those, of those days. And... Um, you know, it was the third, the old third division days, League One now, as it's called. Um, they were th- th- those were tough, tough, tough days, especially for the a goalkeeper because in those days you, you got it most corner kicks, free kicks, whatever, and the, you know the challenge from coaches in those days, first corner kick, put the ball under the bar, smash the keeper, uh, let him know he's in the game. That's that. Th- those were the sort of tactics in those days. So for me, it was either sink or swim. Fortunately, I swam. And, and made a career out of it. But those days, uh, you, you were buffered every Saturday afternoon. You know, once again, going into today's game, if anybody just happens to touch a goalkeeper now, it's a free kick. So, you know, you, 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 you can come out with some sort of confidence now 
that you're not going to get hit. Whereas in those days, you definitely got it, especially in League Three. Yeah, definitely. It was like really like rough and tumble sort of time then, wasn't it? Any yeah. little, any chance to foul really it was totally different game. Well, there were fouls. <laughs> there yeah, that's it. <laughs> a lot of times they weren't. They weren't. Uh, they weren't. The, the free kicks weren't given. I remember Billy Ashcroft. Steve Kingdom once at Wolves, who played away at Wolves in the League Cup on a Tuesday night, and they came out for a cross, and as I caught it, I got hit or kneed into the, the biggest dead leg I've ever felt in my life. It felt as though you'd been hit by a, by a train, and uh, it was a, a unbelievable. And when you get a dead leg, yeah, you feel the initial pain, but it's 24 hours later when the, the whole leg stiffens up and you can hardly walk. Um, and that was my, you know, early welcome to uh, centre forwards. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, Billy Ashcroft. I've had him on uh, a while ago. Oh, Billy! Billy, a, then, yeah. Billy was a powerful, strong, competitive centre forward. Uh, those were, the, were, were were his days at Wrexham. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there from there he went on uh, to to my local club, Middlesbrough. Yeah, to Borough. Yeah, yeah. Days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you had a round about three years in your first spell at Sheffield Wednesday, and then you had a brief spell at Lincoln City before moving on to Sunderland. How did that move come about? Well, I got injured. I broke my arm at um, a hand at Tommy Rovers on Boxing Day. Jack Charlton was the manager at the time, and Bob Boulder was number two at the time. Bob got in, stayed in, and I just wanted to have some first-team football, so I went on loan to Lincoln City for a month. Um, the first, The first game... I think we drew nil-nil at home. Um, Willie Bell was the manager, ex-Leeds fullback. Uh, then he was sacked after the game. So I'd gone to a club and the manager was uh, sacked on the first day of the game. Jim McCallion, who was a hero of mine at Sheffield Wednesday in the 66 uh, era team, um, took over for a couple of games. And I always remember leaving home at six o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Uh, going to play for Lincoln at Gillingham. Left home at six o'clock in the morning, got to Lincoln about uh, quarter to eight, got on a coach, left Lincoln, travelled down to Gillingham, got there at about one o'clock, had a bit of lunch, went to sleep in the afternoon in a hotel, kicked off at uh, quarter to eight that night, conceded a goal in the first two minutes, eventually lost three or four nil. Got on a bus after the game at about half past ten. Got back to Lincoln about four o'clock in the morning. Got back home as a milkman was delivering the milk at six o'clock in the morning. So I've been out virtually a full 12 hours. Yeah. Um, sorry, 24 hours. Uh, that was my time in, on loan at Lincoln. That's what I remember most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then obviously you said that you moved to Sunderland and you had a good, good uh, season in your first season. I think did your first season did you finish second behind Leicester to get promotion? Yeah, yeah, we 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 got game promotion uh, first season. Went there to be number two to Barry Sidall. After about eight nine games, got into the team and stayed into the team all the way through the season. And we eventually finished at Roker Park on a Tuesday night after the uh, FA Cup final, where West Ham had beaten. Uh, Arsenal, I think it was in the FA Cup final. We played West Ham on a Tuesday night and beat them 2 0 in front of 47,000 and thousands locked out that night uh, to gain promotion to League, uh, the Premier League, League One as it was then. 
fantastic season for me in the first year and stayed there for another five five seasons. Yeah, and who was actually the manager who brought you to Sunderland? Ken Knight was the manager. He was a youth Knight team Knight. coach after Ron, Ron Staniforth at Sheffield Wednesday. And Ken uh, took me to... Um, Took me to Sunderland, and uh, you know, very thankful for him, and put me in the team when he felt I was ready, and I stayed in the team, and you know, for the next four or five years, I was a regular number one. Yeah, and did you have Len Asher start as manager then as well? Again, yeah, Len Asher came um, after Alan Durban. Further down the line, we got to the Milk Cup final in '85 under Len. Unfortunately, that season we got relegated. Um, but Len, Len, uh, Len came in, kept us in, uh, kept us in league, uh, in League One, yep. uh, in his first uh, three, four months, and then the following season we went to the cup final, but unfortunately got relegated. Yeah, that's right. Uh, then obviously uh, you moved on to Manchester United for a figure of two hundred seventy-five thousand, I think it was at the time. Was it Ron Atkinson who signed you there? Yeah, Ron Atkinson signed me at Manchester United. I mean that summer, uh, Len had left at the end of the season. I was made captain for the final game of the season against Ipswich Town because it was uh, Frank Burrows took the team and Frank knew or always thought that I'd be leaving that summer because I'd had uh, an exceptional season, being portrayed as a, uh, a top-class goalkeeper in the 85 Milk Cup run on television. A lot of those games were highlighted, not for, not live games because they weren't there in those days. Yeah. And it was always thought that I would be moving to various clubs in the summer. And now the Blue Manchester United called one Sunday afternoon and on the Monday night at time for Manchester United. I, re- I didn't want to leave Sunderland. I, I, you know, I, I didn't leave Manchester United for financial reasons because the contract that Sunderland offered me was very, very similar to Manchester United. But the, the decision to leave was 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 purely because I wouldn't want to sit here today and be talking about where I nearly could have signed for Manchester United. I'd like to say, and proudly as I am, to say I went to Manchester United and played for them, you know, one of the greatest teams in the world. Yeah, it's one of them opportunities. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You sort of can't pass up on that. At the time, they would just start to build up a good team. It should be for Alex Ferguson came in, wasn't it? But obviously, it was. Right. Yeah, they had a bit of a tough spell initially when Ferguson came in. But uh, yeah. in your time there, you did have a second place finish in the 78, 77, 78. Yeah, we did. We did. We had, we had a, um, in my time there, finished fourth, first season, second, second season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, my time there was a, 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 you know, semi successful, but a club like Manchester United, second's not good enough. And you, you, um, you need, you know, you need to be winning things. And it was, the, the pressure on you there was enormous because when I went there, it was something like 18 years since uh, they won the uh, league title in about 67, 68 season, I think it was. Yeah. So every year went by, it was the 18 season, 19 season, 20 season. And the team were always under pressure. And, you know, after eight, nine games of the season, if you're not pulling away by six or seven points, you, 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 you were deemed as... Um, 
you ain't going to win. It's going to be another barren year for Manchester United in terms of winning the, you know, with the league championship. So a lot of pressure on all the players and the manager. And, um, you know, even though there was some cup, cup success in 85, it was a league champion, the league championship. But the problem was is that Liverpool um, was so uh, strong in those days. Great team, great squad of players, great managers that uh, Man United were always behind the black ball, as they say, um, in trying to win the league in those days. Yeah, they were quite dominant in that sort of early period, wasn't it, um, Liverpool? But then, um, obviously, from there, you moved on to, uh, back to Sheffield Wednesday in 88. I think your time there, you helped the club to promotion, kept a clean sheet also as you played against Man United in the 91 Cup final. What was that like to help your, your local club, really, to gain promotion then obviously walking out against at Wembley against your former club to win the Cup? Well, it was on the backdrop of, of, of a relegation the previous season, but, you know, we played some great football, but sometimes playing great football doesn't get you the the the, the, the results that's required. And then the run at Kinson, Richie Barker, we, we, we were relegated, but then that season the squad was kept together with some great players in that squad, team players, um, and a great team spirit. And, um, you know, we managed to win the, the Pontins Reserve League which in those days was a proper reserve league, which I feel is missing in the game today. You know, the likes of Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Everton, Newcastle. Um, I don't think Middlesbrough were in it. Um, not because they were in the North Midlands League. Yeah. Um, some of them weren't in it either. But the Aston Villas, your Birmingham's, your West Brom, real, real competitive league. And we won that and we, 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 we finished second in the uh, second division to gain promotion and obviously we won the league club which is the second highest uh, trophy um, behind the FA Cup in terms of cups to win um, still the only team outside the Premier League or the highest league to win that trophy um, and that one was still sitting here some 30 or 32 years on and nobody's achieved that uh, since that day to win that league cup trophy outside the uh, top division but fantastic because obviously playing for the team I supported playing against the team that I came from about 15 months before against the manager and three quarters of the team I played with before so it was a uh, you know a great occasion a great occasion Yeah I can imagine obviously that you say with it being your local club as well to sort of walk out at Wembley against your team as well well, yeah, I mean, we, we beat some great teams. Uh, uh, you know, Watford, who we beat in the quarterfinal, had never been beaten uh, for a long time at, at, at home in Cups with Graham Taylor. Uh, Chelsea in the semi-final, um, you know, two, two tremendous games. And then obviously playing a club of the ilk of Manchester United in the final. So as each round was going by, we were playing a better team in each round. And obviously the final, you've got Manchester United who were playing five days later in the um, European, not the European Champions League, but the UEFA final, yeah. Cup Winners' Cup final against Barcelona. So, you know, that, it just shows you the ilk of the team that we were facing. And, um, you know, to beat them 1-0 and tactically, um, you know, big run out, uh, uh, out for Alex Ferguson on the day um, was, was, was magnificent. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to show you something here. 
Syria, what your memories are of see this here. So let's have a look. Yeah, so can you see this here? Not as yet, Dave. Talk me through it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the uh, the build up um, obviously the at Wembley with the um you know the, the fans around and that sort of thing. So obviously the fans, it was obviously a, a great build up for you yourselves as a squad and that kind of thing so well i mean i mean i mean the, the fans on the day i mean for manchester united was quite a regular occurrence of obviously of going to wembley and playing in big matches for sheffield wednesday they hadn't been there since 66 a long time to 91 um so on the day when we arrived at the stadium uh, all you could see was blue and white and um you know, you know, looking at the the, the you know the, the the build up to the game, um, we 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 were so relaxed with the comedian Stan Boardman. What a great play! We got up on the morning of the game down for breakfast nine o'clock, and Stan was in the restaurant cracking jokes and taking the Mickey out of the players, out of the manager, out of everybody. He came on the coach all the way to the final. Uh, just seeing there, Roger Spry, one of the best fitness coaches in the game. Um, we had a great team spirit and everything, and the preparations for the game um, were, were, were just perfect. And then the game plan that we've worked on three or four days before it went into place, and, and the result happened on the day. It was just absolutely top draw. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'll just show you the screen there. So obviously, that was a build up. Obviously, it must have been a bit strange having Stan Bodden there. I don't know. If, did, did you know he was going to be there? No. Oh, no. No, no. Not at all. And then. After after the after the game uh, uh, party at the hotel, um, we had the Paul Carrick band playing. Paul's a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. We had a great night. It was a fantastic four to five days leading into that final, and obviously afterwards for two or three days of celebrating, really. And um, you know, a, a great bunch of lads, great team spirit, as I said before, uh, between everybody, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I say, that was obviously a bit of a successful time for yourself. Um, in your period at Sheffield Wednesday, the second time, I think, did you have a little spell at Leeds United as well before moving to Leighton Orient? Yeah, I did. Howard was manager. Howard was the manager at recent time for Sheffield Wednesday. And four weeks after his sign, Howard moved on to Leeds. Um, the following season, Mervyn Day was injured. I was out the team at Sheffield Wednesday. So, Howard. Uh, needed me for at least two or three games because Mervyn Day's number one keeper was out and I went to Leeds and um, covered for, for Mervyn while he was out for uh, I think it was two games, three, two or three games um, so you know I've, I've represented another big club there. At the time Vinnie Jones was a captain which you know the three weeks or uh, four weeks I was there was uh, an eye opener um, but what a tremendous uh, uh, character Vinnie was and uh, I always remember first game for Leeds was Watford at home and we were in the tunnel uh, well before the tunnel walking past Leeds dressing room door he went and banged on the door opened the door and just screamed in there we're out here we're waiting for you you know can you imagine the Leeds uh, the Watford players thinking what's happening here yeah. uh, and then we went out in front of 25 30,000 people uh, and went and beat Watford 3-1 uh, so a tremendous uh, short period it was whilst it was at Leeds. 
Yeah, then obviously you'd went to Leighton Orient. I think, did you also begin your managerial career there alongside John Sitton? Well, I, alongside, yeah. I started coaching there. Billy Eustace um, was a coach at uh, Leighton Orient. Frank Clark, ex-Newcastle, uh, Notts Forest, Man City. Uh, was was the like uh, chief exec director of football. Um, so I played for Orient. Um, and I really enjoyed it at Orient. It's a small club in the east of London. Um, great people at the time who were uh, in charge and the supporters, great, you know, a great little club, small club. And whilst I was there, um, Peter Eustace then became the manager. And after a short period of time, Crystal Palace bid at 100,000 for me. And Peter said to me that, um, you know, uh, I've got to let you know because um, I'm trying to think who the manager was at the Palace at the minor. I don't think it was Steve Koppel, but um, they they wanted me to go and be number two to um, uh, or challenge or, or or be in the squad with uh, Nigel Martin. Yeah. And uh, Peter said to me, he said, "Look, Chris," he said, "I've got to be fair to you. They've bid a hundred thousand pound, which you know the club Orion always required finance." He said, but um, between you and I, I haven't told the board that they've come in for you. If I tell the board that they've come in for you, they'll tell me to sell you. Yeah. So, so what I'm going to say to you is, I don't want you to go. I want you to stay here with me. Uh, and if you do, I'll make you assistant manager. So in life, I had decisions to go to Sunderland, I had decisions to go to Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, I had a big decision here now. And there, weren't, there wasn't substitute goalkeepers at the time. Um, so I decided to take the coaching route then uh, instead of going to Crystal Palace for three years. Who knows what may have happened because the following season, substitute goalkeepers came in. I was only 32 at the time, 33. I, I was a fit lad. I could have continued playing until 40 easily. Um, being a number two somewhere, could have been at Crystal Palace for the next eight years. But anyhow, I took the right, I stayed at Orient yeah. as assistant manager. Then I had a short period with John Sitton as the uh, co-manager. Uh, people can watch yours for a fiver, can watch it all. You get all the <laughs> all the bits and glow, uh, of uh, probably our not to manage players. Uh, but um, a short period of the time, um, at Orient um, the unfortunate thing at Orient was that we had a great side a very good side in League One um, with, uh, with with Peter and um, but the unfortunate thing as I said earlier all the best players had to be sold yeah. when offers came in for them to keep the club financially alive and the, the chairman, who's sadly no longer alive, he was out in Rwanda. It was the start of the civil war between the two factions out there. Um, so he lost a lot of finance and his major income, of, of which was coffee plants at the time. Um, and the housing market dropped dramatically. And he had a lot of properties in, in London, which lost him also a lot of money. So slowly but surely, the money was drying up at Orient and yeah. the better players were, were, were sold. 
and it was a, a battle to try and keep the club alive. I can remember being taken off a bus because we hadn't paid the bill to the bus company. Uh, all the lights were threatened to be electrics, were threatened to be switched off. The lady who did a magnificent job of keeping the creditors at bay uh, was challenged every day. It was a real um, effort until Barry Hearn came in to take over the club to keep the club going. Yeah, and sort of like changed it round. Um, so, so you, you can know, to... Monty, sorry, Dave, you can do all your yeah. coaching badges in the world um, regarding your coaching, your manager career. When you're having to fend off uh, creditors and, and do things for nothing and beg, steal and borrow for training pitches, for equipment, for players, uh, putting sides out a quarter of it full of youth team players. It was a real... Um, a real uh, eye opener about management. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a quite a bit of a shock. Yeah, um, I think so. From there, you've done a bit of coaching at Leicester and Wolves before you moved to Hartlepool. Obviously, you've done a good. Well, I, 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 I took my coaching badges in '91, passed them, got the A license, etc. Um, was, was up there. I did. I did them in Scotland. Got some great friends from that uh, era. One of them was Mark McGee. Mark was a, uh, the Reading manager who moved to Leicester. Yeah. Uh, um, when I left Orion, he offered me a job as youth team coach, which I went to, um, to Leicester. Um, and 12 months there, Mark had moved then to Wolves and I did three and a half years at Wolves before coming to Hartlepool United manager. Yeah, so like Hartlepool at the time of like favourites for relegation all the time, you managed to change them round and get them to regular playoff contenders. Was that a good spell for yourself? Yeah, um, you know, I've done four and a half years of youth team coach and I love the North East, obviously, from my Sunderland days. Yeah. Hartlepool was a job where you had to sink or swim uh, in your career because when you don't, you know, a lot of the managers at Hartlepool over the years, apart from Brian Clough, were, were, were sacked or went under. Um, club was a perennial strugglers. Uh, I think it had the highest number of revotes that they did in those days to revote clubs to stay in the league rather than were relegated. They were bottom of the table, second bottom, neck, to, neck and neck with Scarborough and Carlisle and Hull City at the time. Um, there were odds on to go down. Um, the, the, the job was available. And I thought, well, you know, at the time when I applied, there's about 20 games to go, just under half a season. You know, I fancied the opportunity. I met the chairman and the, and the IOR who owned it. Um, I was enjoying my job at Wolves. Uh, we had a very successful team with Robbie Keane, etc., um, five or six were players who went on to international football via Wolves first team that came through uh, my work uh, um, uh, youth team. Had a great working relationship with a uh, with a guy called Chris Evans, who was the director of the academy. Yeah. So I, I, you know, but I, I wanted to I wanted to go into first team management. Thought the time was right. Um, applied for the job, got the job, and uh, I've. By the time I got the job, I had 14 games to keep them in the division. And um, it was a battle. And at one stage, I thought, this is going to be touch and go. But we managed to turn it around. 
Yeah. And with two games to go of the season, um, we beat uh, Leighton Orient, my old club, 1-0 at home on a Tuesday night. Peter Beardsley scored and we, we, uh, we managed to survive in the Football League. And then after, I did three years of, of playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I think at the time as well, when you did leave to go to Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, I think Hartlepool were top of the league at the time, but obviously, was the, the labour of managing your boycott club, was it just too good to turn down at the time for you? Well, it's something that I could see, and I could say I regret doing it, because, you know, I would have, we would have won the league that year. We were 12, 14 points clear. Yeah. And I had a team where I could put my head on the pillow on the Friday night, knowingly that tomorrow... Uh, only by bad mistake, bad refereeing, um, uh, unbelievable goal. I knew the team were going to win tomorrow because we had uh, a squad of players that had assembled over a three-year period, um, a team that uh, you knew were going to win and win well. We were playing some great football in the, certainly the last 15 months of a time that we'd beaten some teams of five and six six goals. I remember we beat Swansea at home 7-1. Yeah. We, we, we beat Orient fives and other teams, Colchester fives. You know, we were going to uh, opponents away from home and comfortably beating them. Um, I got some great players for that level. And once again, a great team spirit, great captain. And uh, we were flying. But Sheffield Wednesday, they came knocking at the door. Is it a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? I may have um, stayed at Hartlepool, got promoted, and as Sheffield Wednesday were at that time, getting rid of the manager every two years. So maybe it's the following year or the following manager, uh, you know, I might have took the job on there. May have been better. But, you know, you can't look back and think, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Uh, I took the decision and I went Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. And at the time, you don't know that another manager's not going to come in and do a successful job and obviously be there for five, six years. You might not get the opportunity again. So That's right. That's right. Yeah, so it's one of those things. Um, so obviously from from there, you, you did do, uh, you managed Stockport for a little while, didn't you? Then obviously you came back to the North East. I think initially yeah. the director of sport. Your role. Yeah. 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 After Danny Wilson was sacked. No, no, I, I, I appointed Danny. Um, you did, did you? Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I came I came back. Ooh, I can't remember, February time. I don't somewhere around that. Team was struggling in the second. Uh, sorry, in the first division. Yeah. And um, they brought me back to try and help, but uh, the team went down. Uh, then we looked for a manager. I you know with the chairman decided on Danny Wilson, and we brought Danny to the club. Danny obviously an ex teammate from yeah. uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. good managerial record. We brought Danny to the club and Danny took us up, back straight back up into League One. Then Danny managed it for a year, another 12, 14 months. Then Danny left and I took over for the next 18 months as manager, caretaker manager. Um, and then, um, yeah, then I, then I decided to move on again. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 